came this morning to lift the name of Jesus higher. I know I came for one reason, and that's to tell the Lord how incredible he means to me, how much he means to me, and I know you're the same. We want to welcome you here this morning. We're so thankful that you're here in God's house. We believe that you came today, that God has a plan for you, and that this is an awesome day at the Stratford Heights Church of God. Amen. We don't just come to church just to go through the motions, and we don't just come to church to get it over with. We come to church to experience a risen Savior who knows our name, knows our struggle, and is speaking. We come to listen and hear his voice. So we're thankful. We want to welcome you here. We're so proud and thankful for what God is doing here in our church. We're so thankful that every day of the week you can come, no matter if you're young, if you're a little bit more seasoned, a little older, you can come throughout the week and experience ministry. We have ministry all throughout the week. Monday nights is really the only open week, open day of the week. I know Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights and Thursday nights, and we would just love if you're visiting here to get involved in, in all of those things if God leads you, but we're so thankful that you're here today. So with that being said, if this is your, everybody can be seated, I guess. Is that how we do it? I, I need to learn from Liz a little bit better than Master. 
the master at this. We'll let you sit down for just a second. I just get so fired up and thankful when I feel the spirit of the Lord. I just know that when God comes, he comes for a reason. And that may be you today, it may be me, it may be all of us, but I'm thankful for that today. So with that being said, with that being said, all of our normal attenders, but our visitors stay seated. Liz, you're going to have to train me a little bit better on this. Our, our, our visitors stay seated this morning, and our normal attenders, or some kind of normal attenders, we'll even take that. Would you stand to your feet? And we want to make sure that we recognize those that are visiting here for the first time. And we say this, I've said this before. When I come to church, I really believe that you found a church here. Not just a church to attend, but a church to call home. That's what this church is in this ministry. With that being said, let's get out of our seats and welcome one another into God's house this morning. Keeps the fire burning, that kind of experience. 
Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, Lord.
today and we're going to participate in the Lord's Supper. It's a visible representation of the good news of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Praise God. We do this. Our particip participation in it strengthens our faith through fellowship with Christ and with other believers. What does the Lord's Supper mean? Well, the early church remembered that Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper on the night of the Passover meal. Just as Passover celebrated deliverance from slavery in Egypt, so the Lord's Supper celebrates deliverance from sin by Christ's death. Praise God, the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. Would you let's go to the Lord in prayer? prepare our hearts with thanksgiving to God for his salvation and ask his blessings on this communion. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the plan of salvation that we have found, that you purchased for us and took our sins and died in our place. And thank you that the tomb is empty, that you live, Jesus, and you sit at the right hand of your father this morning, our father, and you make intercession for us. Thank you. Thank you for saving us and forgiving us of our sins. And Lord, if there be ones here today who don't know you as their savior, let this be the time they say, yes, Lord Jesus, come into my heart now and save me. And then they fellowship with us as we partake of the Lord's Supper. 
Thank you, Jesus, for what it represents to us in your precious name. Paul said, I received of the Lord that also which I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Let us eat the bread. So he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. Let us drink of the cup. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice to us. And thank you that because you live, we live also. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you today. Thank you, Father. You can remain standing, please.
Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer.
connection with somebody standing beside you you don't know they may have come in here today and they need God to do something in their life could you take a moment to minister to someone who's standing beside you right there would you become like a conduit for God to work through by faith it's the faith in God that does it would you pray for them right now in the name of Jesus Lord we believe you we thank you we ask you to touch our brothers our sisters Lord let a miracle take place in their life right now. Lord, they've come in heavy from the week. They've come in carrying the burdens. God, this is the place to receive relief. In the name of Jesus.
time in our service for us to pray for Israel. How many of you have been watching the news all week long? God's chosen people. God's mighty people. Do they do everything right all the time? Probably not. Do you? But what's important is that God has a covenant and a promise over that little state. And they're surrounded by their enemies on every side. And they're trying, the world is screaming for Israel to settle down, and to shut up, to stop. But I'm telling you, they can sit down Indian style in the middle of sand if they want to. And God will come down in vengeance and fire and he'll protect and preserve the people of Israel. I pray right now. Amen. They're just following what's in their heart to do. Their generations from generations to generations have always taught them protect and preserve Israel and they're only protecting their own and right here this morning it's time for us to take a moment in our service and pray for the peace of Jerusalem would you do that right now with me all over this house father we come in mass we come honoring the instructions we are giving in your word you tell us in your word to pray for Israel, to seek the good of Israel. Lord, we're praying right now, protect her borders. We're praying that you protect her children, to protect her soldiers, that Lord, you protect that city, that you touch from one end of that little tiny country to the other. We're asking, Lord, that you bless them, that you touch them, that your presence go before them, that the power of the Holy Spirit keep them. We ask, Lord, because we stand on the side of your word. We stand in congruency with you and your will. We pray for Israel. We thank you for them. We ask you, Lord, to bless them abundantly and keep them from all harm. And Lord, we pray that they will be victorious over their present day enemy. And we pray this in the name that is above every name, the name only that can save, that can deliver, that can heal, and that can provide. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone together said, Amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord praise and give him honor tonight, to this morning? seated. We have an opportunity right now to honor the presence of God that's here this morning. I don't know if you felt what I just felt, but there's no doubt in my mind that his presence is here this morning. 
And I'm so glad that I belong to a church that worships the Lord. He says in his word that he's looking all over this world for true worshipers. People that are open their hearts up and just worship him with everything they have. And I'm so thankful that we belong to such a church. His word says that he inhabits the praise of his people. And he's here this morning. And his presence is what we're going to honor right now with our giving. Let's bow our heads and let's give him thanks for his presence this morning. Lord, we're so very, very thankful. Lord, that we're a church that can experience your presence. Lord, we know that you're looking for true worshipers. Lord, you found us. Lord, we're here. We raise our hands. We open our hearts and we sing praises to you. Lord, our spirit man jumps out of our bodies, Lord, to connect with you this morning because we so love you and we want to be in your presence. And at this time, Lord, we want to honor that presence with our giving. Lord, we give back to you for all that you've given us. Lord, we give to you so others may receive, Lord, or so others can enter into a relationship with you and join with us, Lord, when we rejoice in your presence, Father. Lord, we honor you this morning and we thank you. Lord, we ask that you would honor this offering, that you would bless it, that it would meet the needs of your church and all those that you support, Lord, that are working, Lord, so hard, so hard, Lord, by their testimony and their lives to reach others with your love. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
my voice and I will sing and rejoice. Let us exalt his name together. Magnify the Lord. Somebody help me lift Jesus. Jesus up. Help me lift Jesus up. You gotta lift him. Help me lift Jesus. Jesus up. Help me lift Jesus up. Help me lift Jesus. Jesus up. Help me lift Jesus up. Help me lift feels good in here this morning y'all came to have church didn't you you've already got me hoarse and I haven't even preached yet what's up with that wow it's good to see you in the house of the Lord what a wonderful crowd that is here this morning God bless you we're praying in, in our prayer over our scripture this morning I definitely want us to be reminded to pray for the loved ones of the Malaysian MH17 flight that went down that was shot down. How many of you know there are enemies in this world? We want to pray for the families and friends of those that, that are just grieving this morning. As well, keeping our focus on Israel. This morning, I'm, I want to speak a few moments for you in the time that I have, and I'll, I'll keep a watch on that. If you, look at that clock. You see how big it is? They make it that big on purpose. You see that? They're like, we just want to make sure you understand. Can you see it, Pastor? <laughs> I see it. But this morning, I want, to, I want to talk to you about, it's not going to be, now we've had born again, and we've had people saved, and we've had people practically running the aisles here this morning, and it's been absolutely wonderful. But I want to speak to you about something that's going to cause you to think. It might even cause you to change the way you pray in the way you live your life. I don't necessarily know that you're going to run the aisles and it's going to be like that, although you might. Knowing you, you might. 
but I believe with all my heart it's a, an important message. I can't get away from it. I tried to go another direction and I can't. You know what that usually means. The Lord's got a message, something for us, Marty, that he wants us to hear. That we need to hear in this hour that we're living. The church ought to be relevant. Somebody say amen. It ought to be. It always ought to be based on the word of God. We don't become, we don't compromise with the world. But we should be relevant to where we are. And what's going on right now is the stage is being set for what we believe in our church. We believe we're getting set up for the soon return of Jesus Christ. We believe the stage is being set for this right now, even as we speak, one missile after another, one bomb after another. And the little country of Israel is center stage. They're right now, while we're in church this morning, no doubt listening to the sirens that are going off as they have daily for years, for thousands of years. They have been preparing, guarding, watching, sitting on their watchtowers because they have always had an enemy that hates them. Whether it was Adolf Hitler or it was any number of a hundred other countries surrounded on every side by armies and countries that are 100 times larger than they are. There they are, right in the middle of the Mideast. And how many of you know they are the apple of God's eye? A little country like that should be able to be wiped out in a day. Except that they have the mighty hand of God on their lives. Around their borders. It is a constant reminder to us a constant reminder to us that God is in control. Those armies will press on every side, but they will not take one step further than God will allow them. That lets you and I know that he's watching over you. He's watching over me. He's watching over our church. We have this kind of God. This morning, we're continuing our series on the winner's circle, but it took a little bit of a different turn for me as I began to pray and study and prepare. Being in the winner's circle this morning, I entitled this message, Seeking the Good of Israel. I want to read three passages of scriptures. I'm going to read give you the, the, the scripture reference and then I'll go back to them. I'm sure they'll put them up on the screen for you. Genesis chapter 12 verses 2 and 3. Then I'm going to jump over to Psalms 122 and verse 6 through 9. Then I'm going to jump into the New Testament. I'm going to read Luke chapter 7 verses 1 through 5. I'm going to start off with the promise in Genesis. The promise that was given to Abraham. The promise of a nation, the promise that he would be a nation, and that out of him would come as rich as, as many as the stars are, as the sand on the beaches, his descendants would be great. That covenant God made with Abraham. 
Then I'm going to go to the Psalms and I'm going to look at our instructions because, you know, it's not always just about what you feel. You're not always just supposed to go with what you feel. Well, I don't feel like praying or I don't feel like worshiping. I don't feel like getting up. You don't always go by what you feel. There are some things you do out of obedience. There's some things you do out of reverence to the authority that God has placed over you. This morning, we're going to look at the instructions that we have. And then we're going to jump to what I wrote down as the testimony in the New Testament of what happens when the promise is obeyed. Got a testimony. So we're going to look at the promise, we're going to look at the instructions, we're going to look at the testimony. Listen to what it says in the promise. I will make you, God says to Abraham, a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you and in you. All, say the word all. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. Can you say amen? amen? That is a covenant. That is a contract. That is a promise from the Father God to Abraham and his descendants. How many of you know, I'll give you a little cheat on where we're headed. How many of you know that includes you and me this morning? Now, what are the instructions? Psalm 122 and verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. That's our instruction. Now let's go to the testimony. I'm going to read a scripture from New Testament about the Roman centurion. Now you and I like talk about that because of the healing and Jesus coming to his house the house of a Gentile but I want you to look at it as perhaps you may have never looked at it before now when verse 1 chapter 7 of Luke now when he concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people Jesus is who we're speaking about he entered Capernaum and a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die so when he heard about Jesus he sent elders of the Jews to him pleading with him to come and heal his servant and when they came to Jesus the elders now they begged him earnestly saying the one for whom he should do this was deserving now the next verse tells us why for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue 
and you know the rest of the story. Jesus says, well then. He picks up, he goes to the home of the centurion, and the servant is healed. Why? Jesus, please do this for this man. He's worthy. Jesus, we as elders, as Jewish elders, we beg you, please, go do this for this man because he loves our nation and he's even built for us a church. Father, we ask your blessings on the word this morning. We ask that you will minister to your people, that you'll minister to us as a church, that we'll receive this message, Lord, to change our lives, our thoughts, perhaps even our own point of view concerning Israel. Lord, I know there are a lot of folks today that are turning their back on Israel. A lot of Christians are trying these days, churches, pastors, preachers are trying to justify why we have no obligation to Israel. But Lord, I believe your word is clear to let us know we must stand with you who stands with Israel. That we must be a church who seeks for the good of your people. And God, we ask you to speak to our hearts today so that we'll leave here more determined, more absolute and clear in our own love, in our own determination to seek the good of Israel. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I want to say, I do want to mention that it's very good to have with us. I don't want to embarrass them, but Trey and Lindsay Laramore are here from Oklahoma. Uh, would you guys just at least wave a hand at us? We want to say this is Whitney's brother and his wife, and we're glad. That was really quick. Now, we, we want to see you. There they are. Would you make them welcome this morning? We have another visitor from South Carolina. Where are you? You're sitting over here somewhere. There you are. Why don't you stand for us, sister? She is all the way from South Carolina. I'm telling you, people drive from all over the place just to get here. Who's from Guatemala over here? Somebody's from Guatemala and somebody's from Honduras. There's a Honduran. There we are. They come all the way up here just to go to church. Isn't that wonderful? I noticed that Albert and Janice are not with us this morning. They gave their daughter away last night. She married uh, Jimmy, and uh, we had a wonderful wedding here uh, from the church, and, and we, we send them blessings, and Joanne was so precious in uh, crying on her on her new husband's arm, so we're, we're proud for them. The scripture is clear that the person who blesses Israel will be blessed. Now that we need to get clear and we need to understand. We don't need to fall prey to the things you hear, the things that you see, the news reports and the agencies all have their own spin. You don't want to let your opinions be on popular polls because I'm telling you there's only one right perspective point of view on Israel and that is that we stand with God who stands with her period that's it the person who blesses Israel will be blessed as we've seen in history any nation that blesses Israel is a blessed nation 
any nation that curses Israel ends up in poverty and ends up cursed themselves. People who have burned in hatred through the years never had much success. They might have been able to persecute and tear down and hurt God's people, but they paid a mighty high price for it. People that have burned for their, in their hatred for Israel have suffered the consequences. Judgment is clear. The judgment falls on any person or nation who turns its back on Israel. Hear me, because I'm telling you there is a, a, a disease that is infecting the Christian world today. I believe this is an important message for our church, not just for the sake of us uh, praying for Jerusalem and, and just doing that, but I'm telling you there's more to it than you and I would ever guess. It's strategic and it's important in this last day. Our country is taking a dangerous turn in its loyalties. Depends on what news agency you watch, but be careful. I don't ever adhere to any one particular one, but I will tell you this. Um, I, I decided the other day this week, because Israel's been in the news most 24 hours, every day this week they're all over the news with all that's going on with Hamas and the attack and the ground assaults and all the things that are happening right now it's constantly on the news and there's always something going on I was watching and I decided I was going to turn over to one of the more liberal channels and listen to what they were having to say about it and I sat there in disbelief as I heard one news anchor after another talk about the mean old Israelites and how we need to step away from them and if President Obama was doing his job we'd cut them off and separate our ties it's unbelievable the kind of anger that was coming from the screen they were not just having an opinion they were in a debate and they were mad, they were argumentative, and they were absolutely uh, burning with some kind of a drive that comes from somewhere else, and I know exactly where that comes from. But it's important that you and I understand we don't, we don't look to those people and we don't follow doctrines of politicians. We don't follow even the doctrines of churches who suddenly have jumped on a bandwagon of saying, well, that, you know, Israel doesn't always do everything right and they don't always make right choices and decisions and they hurt people and they kill people. And so we, they, one person was like, it's the Christian thing to do since they're murdering like crazy now. It's right for us to just, we're under no obligation to Israel. And they're almost Christianizing and justifying their own separation from Israel. But I want you to understand that is not the perspective of this church or this pastor. This is, uh, we have to stand with the country of Israel. And I'm going to tell you more. I'm going to tell you something else too. It says there, the person who blesses Israel will be blessed. It's also, it makes logical sense that we would stand with Israel if we are a child of God. I could preach many subjects about being blessed this morning. I, I could talk to you about your giving. I could talk to you that, and we understand, a lot of folks in the world understand this church, and the church, they understand this. If you want from God, if you need from God, we were praying this morning for some financial needs. Uh, let me give you a real good insight, real fast, on how you're going to get out of your financial trouble. Find a way to give to God. You'll find there is your answer to the calamities around you when it comes to finances. 
I could preach on giving. I could preach on tithing. I could preach on missions. I could preach on these things. That you'd be blessed. I could preach on the towel. I could preach on bending a knee and serving your brothers and your sisters in honor, preferring your brother over yourself. Begin to serve others and get your mind off you and start helping out with other people and watch how fast you get blessed in return. I could preach about that. I could preach about how praise, how worship can literally set you free and bring blessing into your life. I could teach you and preach to you about the wonders and the elements of praise and how it can absolutely take you into a whole new atmosphere of, of freedom and liberty and blessing in the Lord. There are many, many subjects, but there's one that not many people or preachers preach about in many Christian circles today. It's kind of like a missed blessing. And I want to focus on it in the few minutes that I have, staying very focused. I want you to hear me today because uh, I was sharing with some of our pastors on staff at, at the in-between uh, service time. And I was telling them, you know, this is not one of those shout you down kind of messages. This is not where I'm going to be preaching to where you got, well, I mean, but then again, you may. Because anybody who really gets excited about what God gets excited about, find something to shout about. But it's more for teaching this morning. It's more to help us in our walk with God to be solid and sure and to find the groundwork of God's Word active in our lives in order to facilitate God's will and to bring blessing into your life. And I want to point out some things that are beautiful, beautiful mysteries, mysteries that come along with your prayers and your support. For Israel, America is at a crossroads. Perhaps you have been at a crossroads. Perhaps you've been listening to some of these politicians, maybe perhaps even some of these preachers. Maybe you've been trying to justify why we ought to back out of, of our support and our obligations to Israel as a country. But be assured your thinking is tainted and your, think, your thinking is wrong. We are a blessed nation. We're a God-blessed nation because we have kept our focus on Israel and we have stayed true to her. I, I would like to say we have kept our focus, Andrew, on God. I'd love to say that as a nation we have kept ourselves at the forefront, forefront of making sure God is at the center of everything that we do. That is how our country was founded. We came over looking for religious freedom. We came over wanting God to be the center of everything that we do. We wanted the freedom to be able to worship Him. And there were so many blessings that came with that. But we have seen what it's like over the last little while, several years now, many years, we've seen what it's like when our country begins to turn away from God. We pull him out of our schools. We pull him out of our public squares. We take down our manger scenes and we take down our crosses. And we have begun to see what happens when a country turns its back on God. And I'll tell you, there's immorality and there is disease and there is all kinds of trouble in the land. Right now, you don't know what to call two people that are walking down the street. They might be married. They might not be married. They might be in love. They may not be in love. You don't know anymore. They're trying to stand up with rights for every sin and every evil that has ever been birthed out of the pit of hell. And they're saying to you and I that we are to embrace this and to accept this, and I tell you, that's what happens when a country turns its back on God. We wonder why we got problems in the schools. 
We wonder why kids are being shot in the library, why they're being shot in the classrooms. I tell you why. We've taken God out of the schools. That's why. We know what it's like. We know why we're seeing these things. And can I just say this? It's not Democrat or Republican. It's neither of those things. There's a bunch of slime in both parties. I ain't one of them that's great and good and godly. Where we still need, I tell you, I stand with the vote behind a grandma or a grandpa that still uses this as its declaration of independence. Hallelujah. That's where I stand this morning. It's not Democrat or Republican, liber Libertation or Tea Party or whatever they are. It's not orange, yellow, red, or blue. Amen. We're at a crossroads. Will we believe God and stand with Israel? Because we have seen what happens when we turn our back on God. Will we now... Sister Rundell, will we now turn our back on Israel too? If we do. Now, I'm not a politician. I'm not looking for your vote. But mark my words. If we turn our back on Israel as a country, we will die a cursed death. And America will no longer have the blessing of God's hand on his life. So we stand at a crossroads. I would say to us this morning, as a remnant, as the people of God, I said, uh, when I set this message up, I believe that this is important for you and I. That it's right for me to stop in the middle of our worship and our teaching and our preaching and our shouting and our praising to say that we need to pray for Israel. That we need to love Israel. You've noticed that we've started incorporating in our morning services on Sundays just a moment, a brief moment in our service where we will not fail to pray for Israel. That is a permanent part of our worship. I had a beautiful couple come to me just the other night and they gave me an envelope, and in it is money. And they said, Pastor, find a way to bless Israel. And I've got it sitting on my desk right now. And I'm doing everything I can to find the perfect mission for Israel, for our church. I want to find the places that seek the good of Israel. I want to find those agencies or our church missionaries, someone that is standing in the gap, someone who's over there in the middle of the trenches, someone that we can help in, in helping and supporting this beautiful country. I only not, not only want us as a church to begin to pray for Israel, to seek the good of Israel, I want us to find ways to support her and to stand with her. God stands with her no matter what because, as we read, he made a covenant. He made a promise to Abraham. And that promise is good until the last day on earth. You and I need to understand that the devil's trap, the devil's deception, is because he wants his very best. He has been from the garden. He has been trying 
to destroy God's people. He's been literally on mission. And it's no less today. Somebody says, and there's all kinds of people out there now who are trying to tell us almost, like I said, in Christianese, that we need to separate ourselves from Israel because they're so sinful, because they're so immoral, because they're killing people and they're doing all these things. And I understand, and, and believe me, I'm not saying that it's, you know, Israel's perfect or that they've done everything right, or, or maybe I know there's lots of immorality over there and among their culture and among their people. I realize that. But I also go back into God's word and where I read over and over again, God stood with them during times of idolatry, during times of trouble, during times of bondage, during times of sin. He stood with them. Why? Because it's never ever in thank God this is true. It's never been based on my obedience. It has always been the mercy and the grace and the love of God that has always been there for me. And that is why he is not protecting and serving the country of Israel because they have been perfect and obedient. He's doing it because he said, Abraham, look up into that sky. Do you see those stars? I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make a great nation out of you. And you are going to be blessed. And those families of the earth, and how many did we say there were? All of them. Thank you. All families of the earth will be blessed why because god is not touchy feely emotional and fickle god makes a covenant and a promise and a contract and he sticks to it and i'm so thankful this morning that he has stuck it out on me i'm thankful that he says that he'll forgive me he'll cleanse me he'll present me faultless before the father i think about those things and i think that's why it's a biblical mandate to stand with israel but there's another reason the other reason is y'all make me thirsty because god also has not only made a covenant with abraham but he has also made plans for israel in the latter days he's going to use israel when it comes down to the end of this age He's going to use them. Listen to some of the scriptures. I, didn't, I don't have an exhaustive list, but I want to read a couple of them for you so that you get an idea of what's going on. Heaven and earth is, shall, I wrote this down, shall pass away, but God's word will never pass away. Say amen. amen. Isaiah chapter 2 and verses 1, talking about the latter days. What does the word say? The word says, the word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Oh, here we go. Here's the picture. Here's what he says is going to happen in the latter days. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the, of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. Now listen. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. That's going to happen in the future. Where, what else is going to take place? Ezekiel chapter 39 and verse 28. They may be in blindness now. 
They may be in darkness now. Israel may be even deceived now. They have not yet accepted the, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of them are coming over all the time. The Jews for Jesus organization is reporting that more Jewish men and women are being saved every day than they've ever seen in all the history of their work together. But listen to what God says through Ezekiel about the future. In Ezekiel 39 and verse 28, Then they shall know that I am the Lord their God, who sent them into captivity among the nations, but also brought them back to their land. How many know that has already happened, happened, taken place? And left none of them captive any longer. And I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord God. Now, Jumping to the New Testament, to Romans chapter 11, verse 25 and 26 and 27. And listen to what it says here. This is more relevant to even where we are right now. For I do not desire, Paul said, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until... The fullness of the Gentiles has come in. A couple of other Gentiles just got saved this morning. That timer, that, that, roll, that Rolodex in heaven just rolled over a couple of times even this morning. And so all Israel will be saved. Brother Robinson was telling me in my office this morning, one of the we were talking about the fact that the greatest revival on earth is going to take place during the tribulation period. And it's going to center right out of Israel. And so all Israel will be saved as it is written. The deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. <coughs> Listen to this. For this is my covenant with them. When I take away their sins. The future salvation of Israel. The future unveiling of his, his kingdom. His throne. The words of the Lord that will come out of Israel. I'm telling you, when it all comes down, baby, you and me better be standing on the right side. When God splits that sky and rolls back the canvas... And he sets up a throne in Jerusalem and the words of the Lord are coming out of there and we're ruling and reigning and the whole earth is very aware of Jesus as the Messiah. You and I better have been standing with Israel. We better be standing there on the trumpet sound. We better be standing there every day of our lives as we love the things that God loves. Because I'm telling you, when it all comes down, you and I are going to be blessed as we stand there among the elders and the number of them is 10,000 times 10,000 thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb that was slain amen <laughs> amen if we will remain in the winner's circle we must absolutely be determined that we will stand with Israel and I will tell you you don't need to hear this because you probably already believed it but let me just tell you something the church of God, this church of God, Stratford Heights, as long as you allow me to be your pastor and you don't tar and feather me and run me out, as long as I stand behind this desk right here, Debbie, I am going to continue to say, let us pray for the peace of Jerusalem. 
Let us support and seek the good of God's people. Let us stand together with the Israelites. You know, I was watching the news this week, and I was watching that, and I've been studying, and I've been preparing, and I've been praying over this. And as I was watching the news this week, I kept looking at them in a way I hadn't seen in a long time. You know, I knew that we were part of the family. I knew they were part of God's chosen people, and I knew all those things. But in studying and really, under, really looking at the fact that they are our heritage, in Christianity, they're part of our heritage. They're, they're part of me. The Bible's clear to point out in Galatians, and I'm going to read it in just a moment, that we are one together with Israel, that we belong to them. They're part of our family. So when I'm seeing their, their teenagers being beat up and drugged in the streets, when I'm seeing the bombs blowing up, that you know, somebody says, well, they're blowing all them, them bombs over to Hamas, and they're doing all that on the Gaza Strip. Shame on them, O Israelites. Oh, come on, honey, you don't even know what's going on. They've been every day for generations and generations. They've been dealing with hundreds and thousands of different bombs blowing up their homes and attacking them left and right. They are literally under attack constantly, 24 hours a day. And there's something that's happening in the heavens and something that got down in a leader's heart that said, okay, you know what? That's enough. And they have stood up. And they have started a ground assault. Now, I don't know what that means, but I'm telling you this morning, I'm listening for a trumpet because I'm believing that it's getting set up for something amazing and mighty and wonderful in the kingdom realm. I believe it. I believe God is up to something right now. I don't believe those guys are just mad now. I don't believe they're just wanting to fight back now. I think that something dropped down in their hearts. God knows how to lead. He knows how to be in control. And I'm believing that it's all coming together for such a time as this. So you better look up, child of God, for your redemption draweth nigh. I believe he's on his way. Hallelujah. And that comes down to the testimony we've got to have. I read the account, the testimony of the Roman centurion. I've read that so many times, and I overlooked that part. I am almost embarrassed. Durant, I read that story, and I've preached that story, and I've talked about all oh, that Roman centurion. He heard about Jesus. Oh, he begged for Jesus to come, and Jesus came. I, I preached that, and I preached that, and I preached that, and I was, I've had so many angles on that, and all of a sudden, I'm looking at that, fresh and brand new, and I was like, are you kidding me? Jesus went and healed that man because this Roman centurion who had heard of Jesus obviously believed who he was or he wouldn't have asked for him to come was a new believer, a Gentile. He's talking to his Jewish friends and he says, oh, I've heard about Jesus. This, this servant of mine, he's so sick, he's about ready to die. Would you please go ask your Jesus? Go ask him if he will, if he'll come by my house. I believe if he'll come, he'll heal my servant. And when those, those elders ran and they got over to Jesus, they found him. They said, Jesus, we've got this Roman centurion. He's a Gentile, but man, he's cool. He's real cool. And he likes you. He loves you. He heard about you and he sent us to you. And they said, please, please come and heal his servant because this guy's worth it. He's worthy. And I'll tell you why. He said, he loves our nation, and he's built us a synagogue. When I looked at that, I thought, that's not just a big old healing message. That's a testimony message. 
That's a testimony to my obedience, my desire and prayers for Israel caused me to be blessed. Miracles take place in my life when I pray for Israel. Blessings come to my house. Jesus comes to my house when I pray and I seek the good of Israel. Oh, that's a missed blessing. That's something we've been avoiding. That's something we hadn't really thought about around here, is it? I think in the new building program, the Lord said, yeah, you need a fundraising idea? Yeah, we need one. Pastor, help us. Okay, I'm going to tell you what to do. Get on your face and start to pray for Israel and watch what comes to Stratford Heights. Watch what happens to the families one after the other when they begin to seek the good of Israel. It's a mixed, missed blessing that you and I need to get right in our lives. It's as good as paying your tithes. It's as good as being faithful and obedient in every other way for you to follow the instructions laid down in the laws of the Old Testament <coughs> and pray, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Seek her good. When you do that, the testimony is that Jesus come to you. I love him this morning. We're in debt. Y'all preach me tired. We're in debt to Jerusalem, to Israel. You realize all they've given to us? They gave us Jesus. You know Jesus was a Jew, don't you? They gave us salvation from, comes from the Jews. They gave a scripture that comes from the Jews. <coughs> they gave us the patriarchs. They gave us Mary and Joseph. They gave us the 12 disciples. They've given us so much. That little band of believers. <coughs> Forgive me. But what, but what we have to do <coughs> the devil would love for me to stop wouldn't he I believe he would love for me to stop but I refuse that's what he tries to do Listen to this, and this will be my last point. Galatians chapter 3, and verse 23. Somebody says, well, you know the law. We don't need the law anymore. We really don't need the Jews anymore. As a matter of fact, they didn't accept Christ. They literally put him on the cross. So they're not our obligation any longer. But that is not true. Listen to what Paul said. Because we believe that faith, grace, mercy, that it came alongside and fulfilled the law. Amen? The law led us to the gospel. And then the gospel replaced what we know as the way to salvation. But it did not negate 
the inheritance of the promise. Listen, Galatians chapter 3, verses 23. Get ready to help me out, Sarah. Thank you. He was on it. He's good. <clears throat> but before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Oh, you ain't, that ain't the shouting point yet. Hold on to your hat, Susie. Listen to this. Why'd I call you Susie? I have no idea. Verse 29. And if, <clears throat> if. <laughs> Trey, we really are men up here in Ohio. I promise you. Got a cowboy from Oklahoma going, that ain't no man. <laughs> <clears throat> and if you are Christ, how many belong to Christ? Oh, you're going to shout now. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according. Glory! Glory! Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. According to the promise. You and I are joint heirs with the Jews to stand under the covenant of Abraham. Come on, give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Stand up with me. And so what does he say? He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Think of your enemies. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That is the promise. We are the heirs together with our Jewish brothers and sisters. So when you see those moms, those are your family members. Those are your generations. That's your heritage. So we've got to pray. We've got to pray. We've got to be part of the family. Amen. You've got to be part of the family. You've got to care and have passion and love for them. Don't listen to what they say on MSNBC. Don't listen to what they say on CNN. You can't always understand and listen to what they say on Fox. What you've got to do is look back to the promise. 
look back to the promise. I'm telling you, this is going to set our church free. There's going to be some folks, you're going to be blessed like you haven't been blessed in a long time. You're just going to do, you're going to, you're going to trace it back and you're going to say, man, all I did was start praying for Israel. All I did was start believing and praying for the good in Israel. All I started doing was just praying for them to have victory. Mm. For I will bless you, says the Lord. Trust and know that my word is sure. My word is foundation. My word is rock. Lean hard upon the truth do you hear this morning and trust that I will lead you, says the Lord, into a blessing which you shall not be able to contain. I have all authority, all power, all riches. Look to me. Do not lean to the answers of the world around you. Do not look after answers that will hold no value. Trust and know that I am God and I alone will give you victory. I have blessing in my hand. I wait upon you, says the Lord. Power. Wow. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I would ask the most important question of the day. Are you here today, sir, lady, young person? Are you here today and you do not belong to the family of God? You have no relationship to Christ. You have never accepted him or if you made him Lord of your life you need him today I would ask you I trust that the Holy Spirit has already done his work and you are ready for this question will you become part of the family of God this morning will you accept Jesus into your life will you allow him to bring blessing and truth into your heart Will you become an heir to the promise of Abraham? Mercy, grace is still flowing in this hour, but I cannot promise you that it's going to last to your next visit. You need to make a decision. Do you need Jesus this morning? If you do, we're going to pray a prayer of salvation this morning. The Lord has already done all the work. He's purchased your salvation. He just asks that you believe it, that you accept him into your life. We want to give you that opportunity while every Christian in this house is praying. All of us at one time or another, we've stood in the very spot you are. And we made the right choice. Now it's your turn. If you need Jesus this morning, you're going to pray a prayer right there at your seat. But it's going to change your entire life and engraft you into the family of God. If you're here and you need that experience, you need to make Jesus your Savior, would you just slip up your hand and write back down? Right where you are. God bless you, son. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you, sir. 
anyone else we're praying for you in Jesus name make that right choice this morning are you here anyone else these that have lifted their hand thank you your courage is going to change your life is there anyone else God bless you son amen God bless you too God bless you I know the peace speaker few more seconds I'm just waiting who about waiting on are you here slip your hand up right back down all right several have lifted their hands we're going to pray right now and we'll look at me how many of you are excited that we're going to take people to Jesus this morning huh <laughs> Several have already come back to him this morning, come to him, so we don't even know what we'll have at the end of the day. We're going to pray a prayer. This prayer is just words right now. But if you believe in your heart that he is the son of God and he has been raised from the dead for you, and you're going to confess this now with your mouth in just a moment, the Bible says something between heaven and earth just smacks. Supernaturally, you're going to experience a transformation that's going to begin a journey with you it's going to turn your life upside down. I believe it with all my heart. How many will testify and say, I had that experience and it did exactly that. Turned me upside down. Amen. We're going to pray it right now. This is your opportunity. I want you church to help me. We're going to pray it together. It makes it real easy for them. And we get the, the privilege of ushering them right up to the throne. You ready? Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I know that you're the Son of God, that you died on the cross for me, that you rose from the dead, and you took all my sins. So wash me, cleanse me, make me a child of God. I believe you are God in my heart. I but now confess it with my mouth. So according to your word, I'm saved. Today be the Lord of my life. Strengthen me until you come for me. And I'll serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you prayed that prayer this morning, we have what's known as the crosswalk discipleship team. One of them standing right there in front of us. They got yellow lanyards on. They got a Bible for you, some information for you. They just want to talk to you for just a moment, just give you a free gift. And then they want, to, they want to help you in any way that they can to grow in your relationship with Christ. They're going to be out at the back here as you're exiting the, the sanctuary. Please go by, get your free gift, and talk to them today just for a few moments and let them help you to walk in new strength as you serve Christ. Church, before we go any further in our last dismissal prayer, I want to ask you, to, in your heart and mind, I want you with me to recommit and rededicate ourselves to being a strong support for Israel. That means I'm going to come to you. I'm going to give you opportunities to give to Israel in monetary terms and other ways, mission kind of ways. I'm going to ask you to put projects together. We're going to make things. We're going to do whatever we can to help Israel. It's going to be an active new ministry at our church. 
sad to say, a new ministry. Although many of you have given to Israel for many years. But as a church, we started with prayer and we're going to keep going. But I want to ask you right now with me to commit ourselves fresh and brand new to loving, supporting, and praying for Israel. How many will do that with me? All right. Then I want us to begin right now. And remember that when we're praying for Israel, Caleb, listen to this. When we're praying for Israel, we're praying for those under the promise of the covenant of Abraham, which means you're also praying for yourself. You're praying for blessings over your house, right? So it's a win-win in every way. Let's pray right now. Father, we come together as a congregation. And once again, our focus is on Israel. We ask you to bless them to bless them with prosperity in their palaces. Lord, we ask you to help us to seek their good in every way that we can. As a congregation, Lord, may our own lives be blessed as we look to the east, as we trust and know that you are going to take care of your people. Lord, we stand with you who loves Israel. We stand with you and your word over Israel. And we ask you to minister to, your, to the borders of your people and touch them, keep them, protect them, and let them know and sense your blessing. And we pray this, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Be with our people as they go. Bless them. Walk with them and show them your glory and your power at every turn, wherever they go. And until the body of Christ, the real church, comes back at the appointed hour tonight, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that you will be honored and lifted high by all. Amen. Praise God. God bless you this morning. Remember that tonight is the United Choir. We'll be rehearsing in the choir room at quarter till five. If you're part of any of our groups, we'd like for you to be in that choir this evening. See you then.